I want to share from, with you from the book of Zechariah. I have wondered for many years why Zechariah doesn't get more attention. It's just chapter after chapter with the most specific prophecies about Jesus. But I'm going to read right now from verse 10 of Zechariah chapter 2 and go right on into chapter 3. The first few verses of chapter 3, I think, really speak the meaning of communion. Communion. The cup representing the blood that Jesus poured out as a payment for your salvation into an everlasting relationship with God. The bread representing the body that was broken for you. Verse 10 says this, Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. Let me pray before I begin. Father, I just pray that you would bless this word. And just as that first song said tonight, ravish our hearts with your love. And that we would, we would get at, we would feel that, we would experience that love. Verse 10, sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I am coming and I will dwell in your midst, says the Lord. So this is a prophecy of the coming of Jesus Christ. And that Jesus dwells in our midst. We can't possibly just chew on that enough that Jesus Christ dwells in our midst. Again, verse 10, sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I am coming and I will dwell in your midst, says the Lord. Many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and they shall become my people. Daniel spoke of Romans 8, 15, where it says, we haven't been given a spirit of, again, to bondage to fear, but the spirit of adoption by whom we call out Abba Father, Daddy. They shall become my people. And I will dwell in your midst, then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. An interesting verse where Jesus is speaking there. The me at the end, the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. The Lord being the Father, me being Jesus. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me, Jesus, to you. And the Lord will take possession of Judah as his inheritance in the chosen land and will again choose Jerusalem. This is one of those prophecies that has multiple fulfillments. One of them is in Jesus, another is in the second coming of Christ. Be silent, all flesh, verse 13, before the Lord, for he is aroused from his holy habitation. And then he, now he here, speaking of the prophet Zechariah, showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, 
angel of the Lord, this is one of the times in the Old Testament where the angel of the Lord is referring to Jesus Christ himself. How do we know that? Because he speaks in the next verse. Again, then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. So this is a picture of spiritual warfare. We speak of spiritual warfare a lot. And Joshua was given a vision. This guy, uh, rather, Zechariah, the prophet who wrote this book, is given a vision. He's given um, a sight into the unseen world where this high priest, this, this priest that was trying to minister, Satan was right in his face. That's what Satan does. He gets right in your face. And you don't even see it. You may feel it. Again, verse 1, he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at the right hand to oppose him. Very important to understand that when Satan's in your face, that Jesus Christ is right there next to you. That's what this verse says. Notice that Satan was opposing, but as he was opposing, it says that the angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ, was right there. Verse 2, and the, and the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem, um, rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? So uh, in this case, a brand, I guess you could say, uh, it's like a coal or something that was burning in the fire, burning in really, in, in, you could say in hell, and, and it was taken out. The high priest Joshua deserved hell, and in a sense, had been in hell, and he was plucked out. And, and God is saying to Satan, get away from this guy, this high priest. The high priest isn't just like the most common person in the land. They were both, hell was their destination. And in a sense, all of us have been there. We're in hell and we're brands plucked out of the fire in the book of Jude. Um, it speaks of, of, uh, of some who are saved with fear pulling out of the fire. We're pulled out of the fire. Verse 3, now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, meaning God answered and spoke to those who stood before him, take away the filthy garments. And, and to him he said, see, I have removed your iniquity from you and I will clothe you with rich robes. You know, with each passing year of me walking with the Lord, I realize um, how fragile we are. It's almost, I almost cannot possibly describe how fragile we are. There is a good um, illustration in the Bible, and it's in the book of Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar um, is looking out at his kingdom, and he says, wow, this is a great kingdom that I built. And it says, as he was saying those words, the Lord struck his mind 
and he developed a, a mental illness where he went into the um, into the field with the cattle and lived with them for seven years. And after seven years, the Lord brought him out and he said to him, yeah, I, 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 I'm doing this. I did this as long as it took for you to understand that I can ask anyone in the world to be a Nebuchadnezzar, a king. And uh, it's a good picture of how fragile we are. Here's one of the smartest, most powerful, most, that just he, an administrative genius, a warrior, just like this, boom. And, you know, all it, ta- you know, all it takes, Calvary Chapel, is for you to go from someone who feel, you feel confident in yourself, all it takes for you to go from that to being a complete mental mess it's just to have a few people accusing you of something. That's all it takes. The word Satan here means accuser, adversary or accuser. And that's what Satan does. He accuses you. And it doesn't take a whole lot listening to the voice of the enemy for you to become a complete mental wreck. At least that's the case with me. And you know, the problem with what, um, the problem is, you know, when Satan is accusing us is most of what he is saying is true. You and me, we got a bad record. Here we have a high priest. What was his record? says he had filthy garments on. Satan has got the goods against you. He knows what you've done. It's pointless to argue that you're to, with, the, with the devil that you're a better person than, than you are. Your garments are filthy. The best thing that you can do is just say, yeah, Satan, you're right. But the Lord Jesus Christ, because of his blood, removed my filthy garments and put on rich robes. And uh, that's the story here um, of the first few verses of, of, of Zechariah. Uh, that is the story. God took your filthy garments and he... And, and the blood of Jesus does it day by day by day by day. Don't think it's just one time at the time of your salvation. The Bible says if you confess your... The Bible says if you bring to the light, if you walk in the light, as God is in the light, the blood of Jesus will cleanse you of all sin. Meaning each time you come to God for forgiveness and bring your darkness to the light, there's a... There's a power in the blood to do a continual work in your life. That blood that was shed for you. You, Calvary Chapel, each one of you sitting here and on live stream, you are a miracle of free grace. You are a a brand plucked right out of the fire. You're a miracle of free grace. Grace, a brand plucked out of the fire. 
That's one of, the testim- one of the prayers directly to the Lord that I heard tonight from someone is, uh, I pray that I can love people like you've loved me, Lord. Do you know, considering your filthy garments, and of course I'm speaking to my own heart, <laughs> you're not tens of thousands, but hundreds of thousands of sins that have earned you hell. Do you know that Jesus plucking you out of hell, that every other sin now that it's against you is the most indescribably trivial thing imaginable (laughs) because of the gift that the Lord gave you? You were like a brand that he plucked out of the fire. And now what he's done with you is so amazing. Anything that anyone can do to you is indescribably trivial. That's what the blood of Jesus does. The blood of Jesus Christ. Solomon, do we have... Do we have the... the, uh, Yeah, can we have a few folks... A few of you guys, can you, or, or ladies, or whoever, can you pass out the uh, communion elements? Um, help, help pass them out. You are a miracle of free grace. God plucked you out of the fire. And I always like reading 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. So powerful. Paul says to the church in Corinth, he says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. But then there's verse 11. Verse 11. And I've cut this, I've typed this up, cut it out, and put it on the doorpost of my bedroom. And such were some of you. Such were some of you. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You're a miracle of free grace. You're a living testimony of the grace of God. Your filthy garments were made rich robes by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's why we come to communion, to remember. Just to remember that we don't come to God on any other basis than by that. By the blood of Jesus Christ. Hey David, can I have one here? All right. By the keyboard. Oh, I got one. All right. So let's, let's have communion together. If you're on live stream... 
get anything you have in your house, water, cherry juice, grape juice, whatever you got there, and a cracker, a piece of bread. I'll give you a, a couple minutes to go grab something in the kitchen. Actually, I'll pray while you're going. Father, I pray, Father, that we wouldn't take this I pray that we wouldn't take this communion lightly, Lord. I pray that we wouldn't trample on the, bro- uh, on the cross and on the blood, Lord, by holding on to any sin. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that um, there is no sin that is uglier than that scene which was on the cross the Prince of Peace, the Son of God, your blood pouring out. And how how wonderful and powerful and effectual is your blood over the most wicked sin or wicked sinful life that there could ever be. The crime was so much bigger, Lord. You dying, you leaving the glory of heaven. Thank you, Lord. If you could take the wafer. Father, we thank you for sending your son. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Your body was broken for us. And we thank you for that. We don't want to take it for granted. We, we, we don't want to underestimate how fragile we are. We want to fully understand that it is you and your blood which strengthens us, which give us a godly confidence, which gives us a joy and a peace and a strength. But without your blood, without your life, without your broken body, we would be so helpless. We would be like with Nebuchadnezzar, like a beast in the fields thinking we're cattle, Lord. But it's by your grace and by your, that broken body, your body that was broken to us, that we have life. We thank you, Lord. Okay, you can eat your wafer. You just, Amen. could just open up a little cup you're on live stream whatever it is that you have and father we thank you we thank you lord we thank you lord we thank you lord sending your son lord jesus It is simply unimaginable thinking what it was like for you in the Garden of Gethsemane 
as the weight of the sin of the world was being put on you, and it says that you fell on your face and you cried out, Oh, my Father, if there's a way, let this cup pass away from me, yet not as I will, but as your, as you will. Lord, your, your sweat filled with blood, just the distress, the weight of the wrath of God being poured out on you, Lord Jesus, so that we would not have to suffer that wrath. With this cup in our hands, Lord Jesus, we remember Please, Holy Spirit, give us a, an understanding of, of, of what happened on that day so that we can not only remember but know what this cup represents. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for just patiently suffering the lash of the Roman scourge, patiently just being beaten with many hands. Lord, it was our hands that were beating you. It was us that cried out, give us Barabbas, send him away to, cruci to crucify. We, we, we want to we be our own gods. Give us Barabbas. Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for, for crawling to the cross and just faithfully taking those nails and hanging on that cross for us. Okay, you can partake. Dan, Danielle, and Freddie, can you come up and do one? Let me pray. Father, I, I pray for this year. I, I'm, I'm blessed, Lord, just for and agree with the prayers 2022. I just thank you for that. Just uh, it's more than anything else, what I heard, Lord, was just a full consecration to you. A life which is fully consecrated, fully given. What do we have to offer other than our lives, Lord? Nothing. But just, Lord, just to hold nothing back. Just to give it to you, Lord. This year, 2022, and your blood and your broken body.
Lord, we'll get through this year with strength and joy. We believe, Lord, the word promises. Thank you. Jonathan came to my rescue. Falling on my knees in worship. Falling on my knees in worship. Giving all I am to seek your face. for this next year that in all three things in our life and in our world and in the way that we love that you be lifted high
chapter 4, it says that when Jesus ascended on high, you can be seated, when Jesus ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. And in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, it says, desire gifts, desire those gifts. You've been given a gift by the Lord, but especially that you may prophesy. And a prophecy in the Bible is supremely, it's not something about the future. It's something that the church needs to hear to be built up or to be rescued. Sometimes there are warnings, but they are prophetic word, I mean, it sounds, you know, you, you hear the word prophecy and it's like, well, wow, I'm not one of those guys and, you know, with the long white beard, you know, who walked around with, um, you know, like John the Baptist. No, it's, it's just a word to build up the church. 